Welcome to Vet Talk, the veterinary podcast. First, a few updates. The student listener may have noticed we have updated our theme song. I hope you enjoy. It sounds a little more cool and hip, as the young people say. Publishing has been sporadic to non-existent until the last few weeks, and I've been able to push out some projects and updates that I've really been working on for over a year. Mainly, that is because of all that is going on in life. In the last year, I went from a relief veterinarian and mobile practitioner to having my own brick-and-mortar clinic. It's been a big change and an enjoyable one. With that, I'm trying to streamline the flow of information for everyone. So I will be shutting down the Vet Talk Facebook page. I encourage everyone who was following that page to move over to my clinic Facebook page, which you can find by searching Licking Valley Veterinary Services or facebook.com slash LVVS2010. This will leave one less Facebook page for me to manage and allow you all to receive more information that goes up for my clients and for you, the listeners. Also, please check out our new webpage look. My friend took a lot of time to update the page and make it more modern. This is allowing us to get a lot of information out to people. LickingValleyVet.com I have a blog started there. All podcast episodes are listed there. And we hope to have some video projects on the page later this year as well. If you want to donate to the continuation of these episodes, there is also a page where you can do that through PayPal. So lots of exciting things are happening, and I hope all of you who have listened before will follow us in our new venues. Thank you for listening, and now on to the topic of today. I'm Dr. Nathan, and today we will be discussing a topic a little bit more related to veterinarians and vet students, but may give regular clients a perspective of the care they are receiving from their vet clinics, and a perspective on what I have been doing for the last 10 years of my practice life. Relief vets. So what is a relief vet? Basically, the regular vet needs a freaking break. It could be for anything, really. They need a vacation, they need a little time with their family, or they aren't quite ready to hire another full-time vet, so they need a little extra help to keep the clinic running. Over the years, I have completed relief work at six different veterinary clinics. So why did I do relief work? Well, first, I needed money. Straight out of school, I hadn't found it my own practice, and I couldn't find a regular job. No one was hiring in 2010. It was a bad time for a vet to graduate. Most of my friends were having the same problems. One couldn't find a job, and they searched an entire state. I needed to do something, so I tried to find a relief work. <clears throat> so, my first interview for relief work, I actually went into the interview and said, I don't want a job here. And the vet came back and said, well, good. I don't want to hire anyone. And 10 years later, I am still providing relief at that clinic. As I got started with my own practice, the relief work gave me the ability to pay off my student loans while I started organizing my practice to, you know, actually make some money. While relief work may be lucrative, I continue relief for different reasons. First, veterinarians are kind of lone wolves. Myself, no exception. There are a lot of us that just practice in our own corner of the world and we want to be left alone. Relief work helped me stay in the loop. 
I knew what other doctors were doing. I was exposed to procedures and new drugs at one clinic and then could help spread new innovations to my clinic or another clinic. I loved it, and the doctors I worked for loved it. It helped us all stay up on current techniques and I think pushed me to not get stuck in my own little hole of medicine. It made me reevaluate what I was doing constantly, which forced me to practice good medicine. It also gave me perspective. What I found was I saw how all these practices each treated a similar case. And in every case, that animal got better. It mellowed me out a bit after school. I had this misconception that there was only one way to treat certain problems, the way the book told me to. It opened my eyes that, proverbially speaking, there is more than one way to skin a cat. I think this helps clients because it allowed me to treat individual patients and situations better and provide more options for unique situations. Second, it helped to put forward a unified front with veterinarians. I had a situation once where a client came to me at one clinic. I diagnosed the pet, offered a treatment. The client was unhappy. They wanted a different treatment. The next day, I completed relief work at another clinic. That same person came in wanting a second opinion. And they got me, and they got the same opinion again. And I'm certainly not saying that second opinions are bad. The vets that hired me really liked my second opinions on various cases. Sometimes cases they were confused with, a different set of eyes came to a better conclusion. But there are clients out there that regardless of what the vet says, wants to treat with their own ideas and methods. Guess what? That doesn't always work. This was one of those clients. They were going to get the same answer from every vet. They weren't going to get their way because that was not the way to treat this specific disease. And every vet agreed on the treatment of how to proceed with that. I think this was a good demonstration for the people who vet hop that most vets most of the time agree with each other on treating cases. A valid second opinion on a complicated case or to ease a client's mind is great, but vet hopping to find the answer you as a client wants to hear is not. Third, it gave me a break from my clinic. Walking into a clinic and working for a day, then leaving and not worrying about those cases or that clinic and how it functioned was great stress relief for me. Typically, at my clinic, I had to follow up with the cases, with the outcomes, with ordering drugs for the individual cases, making sure the employees are paid, paying the electric bills, and all that jazz. Recently, I just had a lab sample lost in the mail for over a month. It finally made it to the lab and the lab reported the results. I'm not looking forward to that phone call with the owner. I mean, it wasn't my fault the package was delayed in the mail. I even tried to look for it by contacting the post office. That didn't help. But I still have to explain to him why his test results are over a month late. When I do relief work, I can leave some of those annoying tasks for other people. It is nice for me to just walk into a clinic and practice medicine. For vets considering going away from being an associate or an owner and becoming a relief vet, this could be beneficial. It reduces your stress, 
because you can walk out at the end of the day and during the day just focus on patient care. And if you charge right, you can make a full-time salary as a relief vet. So, for vets thinking about doing relief work as part of your regular job, there are a few rules you should live by. Number one, don't recommend other vet clinics. You are there at that clinic. I have been at clinics and saw cases that I would have handled slightly differently at my clinic or at another clinic, but I followed the clinic's guidelines that I was at at the moment. This clinic had a laser to treat a cranial cruciate ligament tear. The other clinic recommended surgery. It was not my place to push one or the other. I diagnosed the problem and followed the clinic protocol. That didn't mean I didn't tell the vet at the clinic of the other option, but I didn't confuse the client. Both ways fixed the problem. Number two, don't steal clients. So I had my practice that I ran. I never tried to steal clients to my practice. Did I get some? Yes. But I never told them to come to me. I just never lied. Many people are interested in the relief vet. Where is he or she from? Does he just work here one day a week? I would tell them I ran my own practice or worked more frequently at another, but I made it nonchalant, and only when they asked. I saw it as my goal to make the clients at that practice happy there, so they would return and then that vet would make money and be likely to hire me back. It's common courtesy and respectful. I have even had people say they would come to me, and I told them, no, these are a good group of vets here. That's why I'm here. I only practice at places I think practice quality medicine. Which also means, going back to the point before, that I'm okay following these clinic protocols. So I told the clients, stay here. I'm happy to help you, but you get good care here. If they came to me, that was their decision. But I didn't want to give any appearance that I was trying to steal clients by either sending them to another clinic or my own clinic. Geography is important. If you just do relief work, it doesn't matter other than how much you want to drive. But if you work primarily at one vet, or in my case had my own clinic, I tried to do relief work 30 to 45 minutes away from my primary clinic. Yeah, it was more of a drive for me, but that helped accomplish my above goal. Usually clients saw me as so far away, I didn't risk stealing any. Number four, set up relief work as you want it set up. Relief is great. I set my hours and if the clinic didn't want those hours, I didn't take that job. I was able to turn down days that didn't work for me. I know some relief vets just want certain types of work. Emergency work at night when the kids are sleeping, or just surgery work, or just outpatient work. Make it work for you. Some people make their own company or some people work in a relief vet group. There are tons of ways to make it fit to make your life work and provide a necessary relief system for multiple clinics. This is a great way to make money, practice medicine, create goodwill between clients and goodwill between the veterinary professional community. Enjoy it. Okay, that was for the vets. For people seeing relief vets, the biggest complaint I received was, you're not Dr. So-and-so, which was a fancy way of saying, can I trust you? Well, as a client, realize a few things. 
Dr. So-and-so hired me because he trusts me and my abilities. Vets care about their clients and patients. They don't just hand over the reins of the clinic to anyone. Two, just like my previous story where the client got the same answer at two vet clinics, you are likely getting the same answers as your regular doctor would give you. And if not, remember maybe you are getting a different way of accomplishing the same thing. Or maybe your doctor wanted a different set of eyes on your case. It's like a second opinion at your primary veterinarian. Number three, relief vets care just as much as your regular vet. Relief vets just wanted a different lifestyle. Probably one where they can focus more on medicine. Sometimes owning a clinic or being an associate veterinarian doesn't allow a vet to be who they want in their personal life. And that will leach into their professional life and negatively affect your animal's care. So relief work helps them be more balanced personally so they can more clearly give better treatment and care to patients. So we have covered a client's perspective and a veterinary perspective and now on to the student perspective. This episode for vet students is to give you another option of things you can do with your career. The downside of being a relief vet straight out of school is you may not have the experience to be able to jump confidently in between clinics quickly. I did this out of necessity. I had bills to pay. Also, gaining the trust of a hiring vet may be harder when you don't have experience to back you up. I lucked out and the first relief position I had was very much a mentorship. One I value considerably. So choose your relief situations wisely. Also, this could be a help to you as a graduating student. Most graduates who are hired at a practice leave that practice in a few years. Being a relief vet for a few years gives you experience and helps you determine which practices and practice models you like working at. You can use it as an extended interview. And remember, you are the relief vet. You can turn down any clinic if you don't feel comfortable working there. If you are considering being a relief vet straight out of school, be sure to find a good clinic to start at. Do a little business research. Talk to an accountant. There will be good ways and bad ways to set up how to receive payment and set yourself up for tax purposes. Because you will be acting more as an independent contractor versus an employee. Vet hospitals typically expect relief vets to have their own insurances and DEA licenses. So make sure you walk into a potential relief clinic ready to work with all that business stuff set up beforehand. To do this, you will at least need to talk to an accountant and possibly a lawyer. There are so many options when you are a vet on what you can do with your life. This is one of them. Lastly, for clients, remember, the relief vet may be just out of school with the newest ideas. These ideas may be what your regular vet is interested in. Your regular vet might be wanting to make their practice better for you with these new ideas. So enjoy the new vet. Enjoy a fresh set of eyes on the case. And remember these relief vets could be straight out of school or people who have years of experience. So trust them because your vet, whom you trust, trusts them. Thanks for listening. Remember, I'll be shutting down the Vet Talk Facebook page soon, so move over and like Licking Valley Veterinary Services' Facebook page. And check out our webpage at lickingvalleyvet.com. 
where you can make donations and find more educational information about veterinary medicine. Until next time.